Well, hello, everyone. My name is Matt Troop, and I serve as CEO of Conway Regional Health System, and I am privileged today to have in studio uh, Conway's, I want to say first, I'm pretty sure first, and I know only endocrinologist, full-time endocrinologist, um, Maria Javid, who uh, joined us in March, I believe, and uh, has really hit the ground running, and this continues a series that we've uh, done now several times uh, over the past couple of months, just catching up with our medical staff and physicians, uh, really trying to give our community uh, staff and, and everyone a, a perspective on the men and women who, um, who serve alongside us at, uh, at Conway Regional. So welcome, do- uh, Dr. Javid. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much, Matt. Um, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Good, good. Well, I just love to, just, to start out you just telling us a little bit about yourself, where you came from and um, a little bit about your background. Yeah. So uh, my name is, as you, uh, as Matt uh, said, uh, it's Maria Javed. Um, I am originally, or you can say by descent, I'm from Pakistan. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, I completed my med school from a very busy and a large city of Pakistan, that is uh, Lahore, mm-hmm. um, from a very prestigious medical school, which is... Uh, that is a King Edward Medical College, formerly, and now it's a university. Hmm. Um, then I moved uh, to U.S. and uh, for my to pursue my higher education and medical career, and I finished my residency and fellowship from same university that is East Carolina University, university in North Carolina. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, ECU, North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, yeah, that's that. That's where I, I finished my endocrinology fellowship. And so, what what got you interested in medicine? Did you have family that are, are physicians, or what? Why why did you get into medicine? You stole all my answers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, uh-huh. uh, you're absolutely right. So, um, I have uh, I come from a family of uh, or siblings of all medical uh, field. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father was very big into making us all physicians. Uh-huh. Um, my, my, I have one brother and uh, two sisters. All of them are physicians. Wow. Um, and uh, one after the other, when everyone was getting so many accomplishments, <laughs> my father actually said, okay, you can decide what you want. That was, <laughs> that was an exception. <laughs> yeah. But because I was the baby um, of the family, so he was not very strict. Okay. He said, yeah. whatever you want. But I, I thought that if I decide something else, how am I going to fit in my family? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was, um, it, it, it was a choice, but yeah. also I had no other choice. <laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I totally understand. So your your one brother I know is a heart failure specialist correct. in uh, in Little Rock, correct? Correct. Yeah. Okay. In Vincent Little Rock, and yeah. he's a heart failure um, uh, and transplant program director in Little Rock. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also very well known and respected. Uh, um, Thank you. And I am. Tell me his name again. Mohammed Wakas. Wakas. Yes. Yes. Everyone refers to him as the heart failure specialist. So <laughs> I, I don't. Uh, uh, I, I don't know his his name fully, but yes, uh, everyone. If you talk about the heart, heart failure specialist, uh, he's he's the guy. So, and so your dad was a doctor or no? Um, no, my dad was an. He is an engineer by, yeah. um, you know, he, okay. he, he did his engineering from Lahore, same, a, a big um, engineering university. Okay. 
um, actually him and my husband, they both are from the same engineering university. Okay. <laughs> so, but okay. anyways, coming back to my father, he he's an engineer, but and he he spent all his life um, in sugar industry. Um, huh. So huh. yeah, yeah. So, but he he had big dreams. I mean, he always wanted us to not to be engineer because he thought you know doctors are, you know, they can, you know, they don't have to have a job mm-hmm. and they can have their own practice. Um, yeah. So you know he he was big on not having a boss yeah, kind of yeah, thing yeah an autonomy and yes he wanted us to to work um, you know he just wanted us to be physicians so. yeah and I mean I think he's uh, uh, he worked very hard yeah he he made sure that um, he he did his part mm-hmm. you know um, um, I remember him spending um, all his time after his uh, you know job. Uh, making sure that we, you know, we we study enough and we do not waste our time. Uh-huh. And uh, he actually, I can say, sacrificed a lot yeah. of his uh, his um, you know social life yeah. just for us. Yeah. To well, make sure that we are somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's that's really special yeah, to have uh, that kind of family support and belief in you that you can uh, become a physician and. Yeah. Uh, even halfway across the world, right? We, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, he thought he never he didn't thought that we can be so accomplished. I mean, yeah. we it's a it's a big thing, you know. In Pakistan, um, we uh, actually uh, all of us, uh, almost all of us, three of us, we are from the best college of uh, you know the top college of uh, our, our uh, Lahore or Pakistan, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother. He pursued, um, at, you know, he's uh, he's the second old, oldest one. So mm-hmm. he came here, he did his residency, and um, he did fellowship later. But then my sister, she came and she pursued her uh, Medpeds residency. Oh. Uh, yeah, she's a hospitalist in um, um, Raleigh, okay. Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, yeah. cool. And uh, she's a, she works in Wake Med. And uh, I then, you know, I followed them. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. And then another sister who's also a physician? She's a physician, but she's not practicing in U.S. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She um, she did her, you know, medical school from Pakistan, and then she came here, and she decided, no, I want to spend my time with my kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, a good Yeah, a good she's a great well. mom. I, we cannot match her. Yeah. I mean, we actually, we ask her how to... How to train our kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> She's the best. That yeah. is good. So why endocrinology? What what fascinated you or drove you to choose that as a specialty? Well, that's another good question. Um, why endocrinology? Honestly, you, you might have heard that, or maybe I, I was recently watching a, um, a, a show where um, I, I like the line, so I'm going to quote it. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, most of the times, you choose a rabbi, but sometimes rabbi choose you. <laughs> <laughs> this is how it is. Yeah. So yeah. when I was in my residency, third year of residency, I, I honestly all throughout my three years, I liked hematology oncology, mm-hmm. and in um, end of second year, I started looking for maybe I should have another choice, and I I. I had a elective uh, in endocrinology. Hmm. Um, choosing between those two was pretty hard for me. If I, hmm. if I mean, if you ask me, 
do I still like oncology? I love it. That mm-hmm. was my first love yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a specialty. Um, but, uh, you know, I mean, I decided about endocrinology and I love it from core of my heart. But I also love oncology. Yeah. I have like two loves. I mean, it was yeah. like 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I decided one above the other. So yeah. that's, that's endocrinology. And, yeah. and in endocrinology, the, 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 the most I like is oncol- endocrine oncology. Really? That's yeah. what I love. Yeah. yeah. Kind of combines your two loves. Yes, yes. Um, and just so that those that don't know, as an endocrinologist, you do an internal medicine residency. Mm-hmm. And then... Yes. To become to do the endocrine fellowship, what what's involved with that typically? Is uh, that a, a year, two years? It's uh, a, yeah, it's a, it's a, after three years of internal okay. medicine residency. Okay. Um, in third year, we apply for fellowship, and it's a two year fellowship program. Okay. Um, mostly, mostly it's a clinical fellowship, and if you want to pursue a, a, a research program, it can be three years. Yeah. It depends. Yeah. I don't know if you know any of these statistics, but endocrinology seems to be in very, very high demand. No, after yeah. COVID. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Somehow, um, COVID, uh, man, there has been a lot of data about it, and COVID has impacted, um, um, you know, people with uh, with a lot of endocrine and related diseases. Really? Like diabetes has uh, been, uh, it's, uh, it's, it has been seen more, uh, common now. I mean, patients huh. have getting more type 2. And um, I don't know if there is enough data about that, but type 1 is also becoming more. Uh, so what's the theory there? They, they weren't going to the doctor during the pandemic and, <sighs> and developed diabetic symptoms, but then now that the pandemic has sort of subsided, they've come back to the doctor and are getting diagnosed. Is that is that what you're implying? It can be part of it, but uh, I it, it is also that during uh, pandemic, it's a viral disease, you know that. Sure. And uh, the lot of steroids that patients have, uh, um, you know, the sick patients and sometimes with moderate symptoms, it, you know, depends on the intensity of the disease. So patients have been using a lot of steroids. So f- most of the pre-diabetics, they fell into type type uh, type 2 category. Huh. Um, and then um, also some, um, um, you know, I would say... Something related to um, has to do with the with the virus related um, mm. complications, some mm. disease related complications that has tripped some of the type twos, um, you know, pre diabetics into type type two diabetes. Yeah, irrespective of their their uh, receiving steroids. That's interesting. I hadn't heard that before. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd heard that that the incidence of of cancer detection has gone down you know, during the pandemic. And, and I just always attributed that to, well, people aren't going to their doctor. They're not mm-hmm. getting the regular checkups. They're just, you know, maybe avoiding healthcare. Uh, but, um, which is, which is a sad commentary, yeah. um, really, but that's interesting. What, what is the, at a very layman's level here, very no, high level, fine. what, what is the danger for diabetics or potential diabetics in COVID? What makes COVID so bad for a, for a diabetic? Okay, um, COVID itself is a bad disease. So yes. when you have COVID, and if you are diabetic already, um, getting first off, you're immunologically su- suppressed. So diabetes mm. is uh, uh, immune suppressive. I mean, patients are immune suppressed anyway. So they, it's not that they will get more COVID, 
but it's once they get it, they have they're at high risk of becoming um, having more complicated, tra- uh, you know, uh, track of COVID. Hmm. Um, so they would need more intense treatment, um, more careful management of their diabetes, so that their their sugars are under control and not making COVID more complicated. Hmm. And then when they're receiving steroids, it's it's gonna make it worse for sure. Yeah. yeah. So things uh, will become more complicated with steroids. Your diabetes will not be under control, and you still have to take high dose of steroids. Um, so it's been challenge. It's been yeah. a challenge. Yeah. I think I noticed on your your CV you had you've you've done some speaking on COVID and yeah. mm-hmm. and diabetes, if I recall correctly, and particularly among the elderly. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. So yeah. uh, diabetes and COVID. So um, I had um, um, I wrote um, um, one of the article with um, some uh, with one of, with few of my colleagues. Yeah. Uh, uh, they are from, um, I would say, medical education. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So um, I wrote an article with them, and that was was some yeah. couple of years ago yeah, <laughs> but yeah. when it started. So uh, we talked about how COVID has impacted elderly population in Pakistan. Actually, the author, or you know, the main author, she was collecting all the data from different countries. Mm. So. Um, we talked about how it has nothing to do with diabetes. It was just a total elderly population having yeah. a, impacted by COVID. So in that data, we realized, and uh, that was, um, you know, from uh, our national database um, mm-hmm. that we got, that elderly people, when they have, normally they, they have difficulty, you know, getting the medical, um, you know, right medical approach or, you know, coming to the clinics, especially if they have multiple comorbidities. And with COVID, it became even more difficult for them. Hmm. So Pakistani uh, uh, government, they, they made exceptions. They had their vaccination program at door for elderly population. Um, and also they, um, you know, they prioritized um, the vaccination when it rolled out. They prioritized that age group, 65 mm-hmm. and plus. So um, that that article was basically, we okay. talked about that. I, I think it's not published yet. I haven't heard from them, but yeah. it's in the process. Cool. But um, yeah, and we also talked how, um, you know, younger people, how many, they, how many of them they volunteer to, you know, to take food and yeah. uh, different uh, companies. I mean, the, they volunteer to take food to, cool. to at the doorsteps. And yeah. I think during COVID, we all saw, you know, it, it, it's a difficult, it, it was and still is very difficult time at different levels. Yeah. The, the humanitarian, you know, yeah. that, um, you know, the needs and that what we saw, it was also very... Very commendable, you, you know, you the see people. Some of the best and the worst of, of people, Both. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah. I, I'm curious, I haven't really read much about this, but obviously here in America, mm-hmm. the, the vaccine has been a lightning rod issue. People yeah. get very excited about the vaccine and, and side effects. How about in Pakistan? Was it pretty well accepted? Did, did people take the vaccine if, if they were offered it pretty readily? Um, I think... Uh, not that good really? because people have their own beliefs. Yeah. Some have religious beliefs. Some have very more, you know, that moderate kind of beliefs, uh-huh. <laughs> different types of beliefs. But uh, a lot accepted, especially the educational 
edu- you know the the educational class that I mean uh-huh. they lot accepted but if i i say it's a 50 50 i mean it's a 50% wow. they they accepted and they took it especially the ones who were uh, you know in a in a in cities um the urban population they yeah. they got a lot vaccinated yeah but the ones who were you know the remote areas and all that um they had resist i mean they they were definitely reluctant then then government of pakistan they made it mandatory that you if i mean you have to take it if you want to work <laughs> oh wow yeah i mean it it was uh, it was a must to, to work anywhere to, like in a yes, hospital even a in- hospital and uh, for your private jobs and for for public for public sector it was a must i mean you had to take it if you were working with the, with the, with the government um but uh, for the for the private sector i believe they also made it mandatory That's most of them my my husband he he worked for siemens healthcare healthneer uh-huh. and i know they did <laughs> yeah that's really interesting uh because it's like i said it's, it's such a lightning rod issue and so much of it has to go back to trust and Correct. and people the community trusting their physicians trusting the government and you know I, I, it's uh it's an interesting observation just to see across the world mm-hmm. how different cultures adopt it and and why but Uh, that's a that's interesting. Your hospital in the horror was a charity hospital. Is that correct? It's, it, it is. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's a charity. It's a trust hospital. Okay. Um, it was a trust hospital and uh, was a not pro- not for profit organization. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I, um, I I loved working there. I mean, yeah. people. The way it is, um, you know, the need. I yeah. like to work where it's where <laughs> where it's a need. Where you're, you're valued. You're yeah. valued, and also you want to give. Yeah. That's the thing. Um you want you want to see it's it should not be saturated, you know, there are people are, you know, you you can work in in different areas like in uh, you know, big cities as well. But they already have so many I would say about my specialty, so many endocrinologists. Um mm. you're not making your mark. You're not making much difference. Yeah. So it's better to work where you are making difference to community. Yeah. So yeah, in Lahore Uh, and even overall, generally in Pakistan, there are not many endocrinologists, especially U.S. board. Mm-hmm. So I, in the area of Lahore where I was working, it was, um, an, um, the population was underserved. Yeah. So I decided to work there for that reason. Yeah. And I, my patients loved me. I loved them. <laughs> yeah. And you helped teach. Other, I did. Well, okay. I, I was in academics. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Um, and I think I remember, you know, having conversation with you, it was two o'clock in the morning where you were, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, in the middle of the day here <laughs> uh, when we were, we were interviewing. Um, and, uh, I remember you, you know, talking about the incidence of, of diabetes in Pakistan. Yeah. So this diabetes just in itself is, is really a worldwide. Correct. It's a uh, pandemic. Uh, pandemic. I was going to use the term, but I don't know if that's the right. It's a pandemic. Yeah. yeah. Um, And so, you know, but my mind goes to the, and I'm going to say my mind, the uneducated, but um, is that that's a lot to do with diet. Is that, is that true? What are you finding in, as to why diabetes is, is increasing to the way that it is? It's a lifestyle for sure. Yeah. Um, uh, we, we have so many options to eat, yes. but not so many options for healthy eating. And yeah. uh, it's expensive too. A lot of people they cannot afford healthy eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, exercise—that's wonderful. But how many people can afford to go to a good, you know, gym or you know, they work out? I mean, it it needs 
commitment. Yes. And, uh, and everybody should go to the Conway Regional Health Conway. Center, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I have my... <laughs> have you been yet? I, I have been once. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I'll... I'll go. <laughs> oh, I know we haven't gotten to this yet. You have a three-year-old son, is I that? I have, yes. Okay, so, so that we actually have child care services there, so you could take him, and he can play, and you can work out, so that'd be yeah. great. Yeah, we've, we are actually planning doing that. I just Good. got myself, you know, all the, um, you know registered and me and my family all of them yeah so good. we will be going there pretty soon we're good. just trying to find the best time <laughs> like anyone yeah anyone else yeah, yeah yeah but i would say um coming back to uh, yeah. you know how diabetes uh, um can uh, you know how how you get it so basically as yes, lifestyle um eat healthy that's the first thing um and eat in moderate amount do not eat a lot i mm. tell my patients if you're going to sit down with a dietitian to work on your diet plan, talk to them and talk to your, your dietitian and tell that this is what you like to eat and this is how you want to modify your diet plan. Mm-hmm. So that will work best in the long term for the maintenance of your, your diet plan. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, otherwise it's going to come back. <laughs> yeah. Your weight is going to come back. Yeah. If you will diet some fancy, super fancy diet, diet plans, and it will not be long-lasting. Yeah. And you're talking about the, the type 2 variety of diabetes. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. Um, type 2 variety is the one that you can develop with, you know, if you have bad genes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now you cannot control. But yeah. what you can control is your um, your lifestyle. Yeah. That's that's the best. And is it is it possible to cure type 2, type two diabetes through diet and exercise? Is that... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, the remission can occur if you lose enough weight mm-hmm. that can put you back in your pre-diabetes, um, you know, range. Yeah. Um, but for some people, they they are so um, you know they they can do that, but most of them it is hard for them to do it. Now there are a lot of medicines they that that help to lose weight, um, and. Uh, and they are able to control their A1, HbA1c very well, and and you know control their diabetes very well. But uh, there are other um, other than losing weight. Yes, surgery is a good option. Huh. Uh, yeah, a, to a bariatric surgery. A bariatric yeah. surgery. Yeah. Yes, okay. that uh, can reverse diabetes. Huh. Yeah, there's yeah. there's plenty of data about it. Interesting. Um, now, what is this thing called pre-diabetes? So mm-hmm. I have a 85 year old mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't think she listens to this podcast, so I'll just go ahead and say it. But she she smokes, she drinks, she's way overweight. Um, every doctor that goes to see her says, "What are you doing? You're you know, you're you're destroying your body." And they you know, but she keeps ticking. <laughs> she's gonna outlive us all. But she's been told that she has pre diabetes, and so that sort of sounds like you're you know pre pregnant. You either are or you're not pregnant. <laughs> How is it that how is it that you have pre diabetes? Uh, what what is that? I like this word pre pregnant. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> right, it's kind of confusing. Yeah, it's pre diabetes is actually a warning. How that's okay. how I put it. Okay. If you are not, it's kind of a warning that you give a child. If you are not going to finish your homework, I'm going to take your tab. <laughs> right. So it's like that. If you are not going to control your you know, wait or yeah. get back to, you know, healthy eating, yeah. you're going to get diabetes. She's been, 
I think she's been pre-diabetic for about 10 years. <laughs> oh, she's she's going to be fine. I, Don't worry about it. <laughs> she is. Uh, it's it's her genes that I hope that I, I inherited. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so, okay. Well, that's good. Well, obviously, in a endocrinology practice, you see other patients than, than diabetes. So kind of give us a sense of the range of types of patients that you see and things you, you take care of in your practice. Yeah, other than diabetes, as I said, my love for endocrinology is endocrine um, oncology, which includes thyroid cancers, other endocrine cancers like adrenal cancers, mm. and uh, pituitary tumors. Um, so endocrinology, it's from head to head to toe, basically. So yeah. uh, throughout our body, we have different types of uh, endocrine glands. Uh, it starts from pituitary gland, uh, and then we have thyroid gland. Mm-hmm. Um, I and the parathyroid gland and pancreas that um, you know that causes diabetes. I mean, if that's not working right, and then we have adrenal glands, two adrenal glands. Uh, they produce uh, stress hormones, cortisol, and um, and uh, also um, some other hormones mm-hmm. um, uh, like uh, androgens, mm-hmm. um, and also ovaries and testes, and you know so. All the organs, they produce hormones, and that's how, you know, the way they are, they're regulated very, very delicately. Yeah. Um, so if there is some issue with those hormones, that's that's what we, we do. We try to, uh, you know, control them. If they're overactive and if they're underactive, we replace it. Yeah. And I guess you know one other group of patients that you probably see from time to time, um, uh, pregnant women who maybe have gestational diabetes or maybe at risk, or is that another population as well? Yeah, I mean, we do see gestational and pre-gestational, like the people, uh, the women who get who have diabetes even before their pregnancy, we mm-hmm. also see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends how con- how uh, you know. Um, comfortable obstetrician is to to take care of their diabetes if they yeah. want us to to control it we we are we are always there to help yeah yeah i think that's something as well that's probably increased in its its frequency right of uh, uh, patients with you know gestational diabetes and managing that and so yeah um well how have your i guess now and i know this may air soon i'm not sure when but how how has it gone since march um Starting up a new service line, anytime we do that, is a new endeavor for us. And I, I remember talking to you and telling you that, you know, that this is this is new for us, so p- please be patient. But <laughs> <laughs> give us a sense, how have you found uh, things so far? Are you finding that there's a big population here and then that there's a lot of demand uh, for your service? Yeah, honestly, I think uh, I love the management. I'm not saying it in front of you, but, you know, it it is. I mean, it looks like that, but, Uh I mean, I love the way everyone responds, whatever I need. I I mean, there have been few things that I was, you know, I I asked and they did it right away. So I didn't have, I don't have any, any worry about it. But, yes, I would say uh, we got busy pretty quick. Yeah. That was a surprise for me. Yeah. Because I did not realize until I landed and started practicing that endocrinology was such a big need here. And um, I was like a kid in a candy store <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that there is so much room to do. Yeah. And that's the most exciting part of being me being here and working here is there is so much I can do um, 
feel, you know, definitely I'm filling the gap that, that the, this community has. But we should not stop here. I mean, this yeah. is just the beginning of a big journey, you know, yeah. a long journey where we start initiating. And I'm thank I'm thankful to to you know management, yeah, um, and the vision they have, you have, yeah. that uh, you know this this uh, this uh, service line has been started, um, and uh, you know we we will expand it. We yeah. should, yeah. yeah. Well, and as I know, we we talked. You know, you're going to look back five, ten years from now and look back on a program that you helped to create, mm-hmm. and yes. just just as you had in Lahore. That that yeah. feeling of accomplishment and you're making a difference. Correct. Um, you're going to have that same feeling here, and that's that's pretty that's pretty cool and a pretty cool thing to be able to offer our community. And um, there is no shortage of patients. I mean, I, from day one of my arrival to to Conway, and we would talk about recruiting physicians, and they would always say, um, you know, endocrinology was usually in the top one or two, and I would always say, can we can we talk about something else because I don't know how to find one of those. <laughs> those are really hard to find and and uh, setting up a practice. But uh, it's just such a such a blessing to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah. I'm actually, I'm blessed that I'm here and to serve the community. As I said, that that's yeah. the best I, I can think of making my my services useful for, yeah. you know, for practice where people need. That's that's my vision of yeah. uh, looking into this. and. Yeah. And um, you know, um, you know, having you on board, and you know, um, this is this is uh, this is pretty good. Yeah, we we have a great a great team, a great team, and yes. we're 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 big enough to be able to support an endocrinology practice, but yeah. small enough that you're never more than one degree of separation. If if there is a problem that someone can't solve, thank that, you. Um, that you can always reach out to me, Rebecca Fincher, others that uh, that will be responsive. So that's a thank that's you. I think a great environment to be in. So what about uh, personally? What do you like to do for fun when you're not practicing endocrinology? Good. Um, yes. So all my life, you know, early childhood, I was an athlete. Oh, really? I liked playing all kind of sports yeah, you can think of. Uh-huh. That was, I was, was long ago, you know, back uh-huh. in Pakistan. <laughs> then while growing up, I got so busy in studies, but I continued playing badminton. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, down the years when I came here... Residency and fellowship was heavy, uh-huh. <laughs> was very busy. Um, so at that time, I I started, actually, I started playing video games uh, way before that. Really? But I really enjoyed playing, I really enjoyed doing that. I, I liked uh-huh. to play video games. I didn't I didn't know that, that how much I liked it. Uh, what, what are some of your favorite games? Oh, yeah, I was. So I'm coming back to that. So okay. for many years, I haven't, so I'm kind of outdated, but uh-huh. I, I like to play one-on-one kind of mission thing, uh-huh, you know, uh-huh. just to sing one person. Uh-huh. So um, back in the days, definitely played that, you know, Super Mario, that was long ago. But yeah. later on, um, um, like commandos or, you know, <laughs> there were different kind of, uh-huh. you know, uh, now... R- r- Role-playing games, I think they call them, where you I don't know. I don't exactly remember. There was one video game. There's a movie on that video game as well. It's I'm, I'm just blocking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I That's okay. Don't you, remember I, I know name. you. Have you been down to the uh, physician lounge yet? I'm sure you have. I know there are arcade games. There I have. Ar- pl- I have played arcades when I was literally very- hundreds of games on there. If you scroll through, um, no, I did not. 
Yeah, if you go in and, and just look at, yeah, I don't know how to... A Street Fighter kind of deck? Right? Street Fighter. It's got Pac-Man. Pac-Man. It's got Galaga. Uh-huh. Uh, Asteroids. Guardian of the Galaxy kind of deck. Yes. Um, that may be one on there. I mean, just a ton of them. Dig mm. Dug. Uh-huh. Uh, Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong. <laughs> I haven't got... played that one yet, but I won because I heard a lot about that. That was one of the first games yeah. that was launched um, by, I believe that was uh, by Nintendo. Nintendo, yeah. 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 Uh, Donkey Kong. And it was very famous at that time. Yeah. And, um, you know. So um, y- you and I have this probably in common, but I... Um, I love video games, but I have to restrict myself because it's like if I get on it, I, like I can't get off. For three, I mean, one night I was playing. My husband, uh, he realized how much I like playing video games. I started playing. I mean, I had a, the last video, co- the console I had was um, PlayStation 3. I still have that in Pakistan. Uh-huh. But I could did not play because I didn't want my husband to not. <laughs> I do not want him to feel that he I do, he does not exist. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. Uh-huh. I started playing and I could not think about anything for three hours. I oh. didn't know where I was. Oh, so, so my my wife uh, Melissa, whom whom you met, um, got me a Nintendo two. This mm-hmm. was back in nineteen ninety. We had first met. Actually, I say we first met. We we weren't married yet. It was about eight months before we got married, and she got me a Nintendo, which was you know this great gift. And I remember um, I house sat for her family. She and her family went to uh, West Texas to see family during Christmas. And so I was at home and I, I worked in this warehouse during my, my breaks. That's how I made money, you know, through school. Mm-hmm. And so it was, a, it was a dirty job. Like I had a lot of dust and dirt and it was always hot in there, sweat. And so I just, I was very foul smelling and looking when I came home. But I got so enmeshed in Madden that like every day I would come home and I would work eight, 12 hours, whatever it was that day. And I'd come home and I would play video games and then I'd go to bed and I'd get up and I'd go to work and maybe I'd eat. I don't know. Sometimes I get so preoccupied and I would work, you know, again, another long shift and come home and play video games. And what's missing in this equation, of course, is bathing. Like I just, (laughs) I just, I had, Dirt all over me, and it's like one day I kind of get a whiff of myself, and I'm like, "What? I, like, what is wrong with me?" I just became so obsessed with this, like, you know, N- N- Nintendo John Madden football game. Yeah, okay. And there was another one called Doom that was back. Yeah, I, I get was. I get motion sick really easy. So some of those role playing games, you know, where you're having to. I, I, I don't do it anymore because there's. I mean, I haven't played video game for quite uh-huh. some time, but I remember I got my first PlayStation when my sister. She came here, my older sister, she mm-hmm. she came, she was the first one who came to US. And I asked, Can I please have a PlayStation? <laughs> <laughs> so she brought a PlayStation for me. Uh-huh. And uh, at that time I was in my med school and I was uh, preparing for my first professional. That was a very difficult first two years of exams. Yeah. It was such a difficult exam. And I found myself playing, you know, f- making my brain work better. Yeah. When yeah. I play video games. Wow. Huh. I, I started a game. The name was, I still remember that name though, uh, Alone in the Dark. Uh, my sister used to sit with me and we had to play. I, I played, after I finished my studies, I played for two hours. I had my time. Yeah. I cannot play more than <laughs> you that. You had to restrict yourself. Restrict yeah. myself. Yeah. So two hours of games and then uh-huh. I'll sleep and then I wake up and start sitting again. And I, <laughs> so I I found myself that it it actually makes me think better. 
Yeah. And memorize really? better. Wow. And makes my brain work better. That's interesting. Um, and I applied that formula many times, and it always worked. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I think I should start doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I uh, it, it's it'll be interesting to see how you know different different surgical fields evolve because I, I have a my oldest son loves video games. Mm-hmm. He's he's twenty five and. Um, but his spatial skills, his ability to like look at a shape and know where mm. it'll fit, and is is phenomenal. I like um, it, it's just it's just incredible. I've all, and I've thought you know he learned that from video games. I mean he learned mm. kind of that that two and three dimensional um, mm-hmm. processing. You know, and, and I, I can't. You, you, it makes you wonder like Da Vinci robot surgery and. Yes. A laparoscopic surgery where you're having to look into a screen and you don't have hands-on tactical feel. Like, uh, you know, I bet I bet video games are training the next generation of surgeons it and clinicians. It's, uh, it's training. And uh, I think um, there is a lot um, of uh, bad things that you can relate to video games. But sure. I think there is a more lot, to, uh, you know, a good, oh. um, you know, um, people, you know, kids. They learn a lot, uh, you know. I mean, not they, they don't go on fields, but, um, you know, all, all those spatial skills they yeah. learn from there. Um, they challenge themselves just yeah. by, you know, playing video games and, and uh, you t- know. T- teamwork. Teamwork you know? as well. Yeah, yeah. With these new online things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I have a 15-year-old son who's also really into video games. And, I mean, he talks to his cousins in yes. Texas, other Correct. parts of the country where... He has friends, and it's it's really remarkable. They get together, they yeah. formulate strategy, they they play Fortnite, and I don't, I don't Fortnite, know what all, yes. all other games that they play. But um, it, it's yeah, it's all about strategy and working together, and that's how they bond. And so it's very different, obviously, than when I grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure yes. you grew up. As well, I grew up, but yeah, it was not like that. You no. have to play by, just by yourself, right? Play in the mud, play with in sticks the mud, or whatever. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, everything has changed, and um, yeah. I think I now they are faster. They are difficult to play, and I can. I, I still want to play my old. On my old yeah. console, and yeah. the new ones are hard. Well, I, it's not uncommon, you know, around 3 or 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I, I typically, you know, I've been in meetings all day. I just mentally, I start getting tired. And it's kind of funny you say this, because I'll, I'll go over to the physician lounge and just, you know, play Asteroids or Galaga, and huh. just to try to have a break, Correct. you know. And uh, it, it does help, you know. It does help to kind of clear my mind and mm-hmm. make me feel like I've kind of gotten a treat, if you will. Um, the other thing I was going to mention, I know ping pong and badminton are different, mm-hmm. but there is a ping pong table in the physician lounge as well on that pool table. And I played that too oh, when yeah. I was growing up. Yeah, yeah. I've, I played ping pong. We call it table tennis yes. back in Pakistan. Yeah. Table tennis, yes. Table tennis. And uh, it's a it's a fun game. I had played that in my med school and uh, badminton as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I was never too good at it. I was okay in ping pong. Uh, yeah. Badminton was something that I I. I I had a championship in my med school for yeah. that. <laughs> we we need to have a um like a, a bracket tournament of table tennis at mm. uh, Conway Regional. That would be fun. Um we need to get that get that rolling, but um it's it's interesting in that physician lounge which I, I don't know if I've ever talked about on the podcast before, but um opened in October and just to see physicians gravitate toward that lounge to hear mm. them talk about patients that they share talk about their vocation and things going on in the field of medicine. And we've never really had that before. The physician lounge, you know, a couple of years ago was 
essentially a, a closet, <laughs> a large <laughs> closet. And uh, but but now you know they can get in there, they can unwind. There's even a, a air, fitness area. Yeah, I saw that, and it's it's a really nice place to um, you know to yeah. to sit down and eat and talk and you know yeah. communicate and you know discussion. And I, I, I really enjoyed the quality of the food as well. Oh. I must mention that. Yes. It's very good. I mean, it's honestly, our, it's different from other places. Our, it's way better. Well, our, yes, I totally agree. Our director of uh, food and nutrition, Mike Robichaud, would, would appreciate that very much. He, yeah, it's, he has been a great addition to the, to the team and we're all eating very, very well. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, we are. Uh, well, uh, thank you so much for taking time with me. This has been such a great, a great visit. Um, I know you're going to have a very successful and vibrant practice, and uh, we're just so blessed to have you here in the community. So thank you for taking time with me today. Thank you, Matt. And uh, um, again, as I said uh, earlier, uh, thank you for having me here um, at Conway Regional, and yeah. I'm very blessed to be part of Conway Regional Hospital team. Well, thank you. It's a real pleasure to have Dr. Javid with us and uh, look forward to many great years of, of success and uh, serving our community. So that's a wrap on this podcast. Uh, stay tuned uh, soon. We'll have more interviews with our uh, outstanding medical staff and have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.